You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Tuesday to you. We are going to recap what we saw happen in free agency across the NFL, and everything that I talk about will be brought back to a Bills angle. So I'm not going to sit here and talk about 31 other teams. I am going to talk about several other teams, but it will all come back to a Bills perspective, and I want to start with the Bills-specific move, and we'll lead off with Andre Roberts signing with the Houston Texans on a two-year deal. The Bills Pro Bowl kick and punt returner no longer in the mix. And folks, I am sad about this. Such a good return guy. So reliable handling the football. Very consistent fielding punts. Knowing when to let the ball hit the ground. Knowing when to have a fair catch. Knowing when to return it. It just He's a veteran that knows what he's doing and... We've seen the Bills struggle when it comes to fielding kicks and punts before Andre Roberts got to town. Ray Ray McLeod was highly inconsistent. You've seen Isaiah McKenzie have ball handling issues as a punt returner. And while Andre Roberts is very consistent in terms of handling the ball, you know, returning it, getting good chunks of yards, I understand that he wasn't necessarily a very consistent home run hitter. Nobody is really in the NFL these days. And, you you know, you look at a guy like Isaiah McKenzie and say, wow, he had that 84-yard punt return against the Miami Dolphins. Stuff like that is really exciting. What's exciting to me is consistency. What's exciting to me is somebody that I know when the Bills force a punt or they get a kick return opportunity – that the ball goes back to 17. That's what I'm looking for. And I know that when Andre Roberts is in those situations, that the ball is going to go back to 17. So while you may not have, you know, the major home run hitting ability and Andre Roberts isn't the athlete he was early in his career, I know that he's going to handle that ball cleanly. And now I think the Bills have a big, big need with this kick and punt return situation. And oh, by the way, as of the recording of this podcast, Isaiah McKenzie's not on the team. So if you think that's the clear answer, it's not because he's not on the team. As of 8.30 p.m. on Monday, there's no Isaiah McKenzie on the roster. So I think I am fairly talking about this um, without the knowledge that he's around. And again, I don't trust McKenzie in that role. He has a long history of bad fielding of punts, muffed punts, fumbles, things like that. And I'm not ready to hand those duties over to McKenzie, even if he is back, uh, because I want that football to go back to 17. So I think the Bills now have a big need at kick and punt returner. Tyler Medikavich signed a one-year extension with the team. He's now under contract through 2022. As of the recording of this podcast, we don't know exactly what the terms are of that extension are, but I'm sure the root of it is to clear up some cap space. Uh, Medikavich had a pretty high cap figure this year. I'm sure they added an additional year, pushed some of that money down the road. Medikavich is a very clean player. You know exactly what he is in terms of being a special teams ace, 
not a guy you want to play at linebacker. And if you're going to keep him around for a while, you might as well take advantage of this opportunity to clear some cap and um, you know make sure that your special teams ace remains intact and that you help yourself this year when it comes to salary cap space. The last thing that is specific to the Bills is Levi Wallace. Uh, Field Yates of ESPN reported that the Bills will not be tendering restricted free agent cornerback Levi Wallace, but a return to Buffalo has not been ruled out. Marcel Louis Jacques, also of ESPN, he quote tweeted that and said, adding to this, the Bills have offered Wallace a contract, but unless something drastic changes in the next 19 hours, he will be hitting free agency. So there's a chance here that the Bills lose Levi Wallace. And as of right now, the only real options on the roster opposite of Trey White, Dane Jackson, Saran Neal, and Cam Lewis. And I don't feel great about any one of those guys coming in and playing to the level of Wallace or upgrading Wallace. So I think the Bills are very much in the market for help at cornerback, and it's becoming a pretty critical need. I want to talk about the New England Patriots, the Bills AFC East rival, because they made a lot of noise in free agency on day one with all of the players that they brought in. Um, Cam Newton, obviously, going back. They brought him back on a one-year deal. Uh, Jonu Smith, they agreed to a four-year, $50 million deal with him. They traded for Trent Brown to be their right tackle. They brought back Deatric Wise and Justin Bethel. They signed defensive tackle Devon Godchow, three-year, or excuse me, two-year deal worth up to $16 million. Matt Judon, the edge rusher, was brought in four years, $56 million. Uh, Jalen Mills, a safety from the Eagles, four years, $24 million. And they signed two wide receivers, Nelson Aguilar, two years, $26 million. Kendrick Bourne, three years, $22.5 million. And they also brought in Henry, Henry Anderson from the Jets on a two-year deal. I don't know exactly what the terms of that deal are are at this point, but uh, they've brought in a ton of players and they made a lot of noise and there's a lot of opinions going on right now about what the Patriots are doing. And I'll tell you what, I was not surprised to see this happen. The Patriots came into free agency with the second most cap space in the NFL, right about $70 million. And they had a bad roster. You guys heard me talk about this you know, all offseason long last year and throughout the course of the season when we talked Patriots, this team was lacking good players. I said it a million times. They have three difference makers on this roster. Stefan Gilmore and two guards, Joe Tooney and Shaq Mason. That was it. So we shouldn't be surprised that a team that had a depleted roster last year because they were up against the cap, didn't have any space. They suddenly have a ton of space and a ton of needs. Of course, they're going to go out and sign a bunch of players. But I'll be honest with you. I am not overly impressed with what they were able to do. And that's just not me having the Bills fan goggles on. That's me being honest about these moves that pay, that the Patriots have made. I think Mike Tanier put it best in a tweet. He said, the Patriots are paying top out-of-market prices for players coming off their best seasons to play major roles. That's the opposite of how it's done. Today is a disaster for them that's being reported as a triumph. I 100% agree with that thought process. They signed some good players, but they overpaid a ton for these guys. And, um, huh. You know, it's, they needed to make these moves, 
But they've invested a lot of money here in a lot of players, and none of them, I think, are major difference makers. And the reality is they've drafted so poorly that they kind of had to do this to get their roster to a competitive level. They have been whiffing on draft picks left and right. They don't have this large inventory of players that they need to be nervous about extending because they haven't done well in free agency or the draft in recent years. And Tom Brady's no longer in town to hide all of their poor roster management decisions. So, yeah, they've brought in a lot of players. They're a better football team. They had to do this. But at the end of the day, I am not blown away by this haul that they brought in, especially when you consider the amount of money they are paying to get average players. One of the players they brought in is Jonu Smith, the tight end from the Tennessee Titans. And I know that a lot of Bills fans were really pounding the table, hoping Buffalo would bring in Jonu Smith, who wound up signing a four-year $50 million with $31 million guaranteed. And that prompted me to do a little research on Jonu Smith and compare him to Dawson Knox because, let's face it, there's a lot of Bills fans that are down on Dawson Knox, and you guys know that I'm not one of them. I am somebody that believes in Dawson Knox, and I'm really excited to see him in year three. So when you compare their first two seasons in the NFL, Jonu Smith to Dawson Knox, in 29 games, Jonu Smith had 38 catches, 415 yards, and five touchdowns. In Dawson Knox's first two seasons, 27 games, 52 receptions, 676 yards, and five touchdowns. So Dawson Knox has been a much more productive player than Jonu Smith was when you compare their first two seasons. Oh, by the way, Jonu Smith played tight end in high school, and at Florida International, he has the school record for catches and yards by tight ends in program history. 178 catches, 2,001 yards. Meanwhile, Dawson Knox was a high school quarterback that caught 39 passes at Ole Miss in college. So folks, be patient. Be patient. Because an NFL team just gave Jonu Smith a contract four years, $50 million, and after two seasons... In the league, if I told you that's what Jonu Smith got at the end of his deal, you probably would have looked at me like I had two heads. Dawson Knox has had more production. And maybe you're saying, well, you know, Delaney Walker was in Tennessee when, you know, while Dawson Knox was a starter for the Bills. Okay. Well, if you take the last two years of Jonu Smith's career and you measure it up against the first two years of Dawson Knox's career when they were both starters, Jonu Smith averages a whopping three and a half more receiving yards per game. (laughs) Be patient with Dawson Knox. And I know that if, look, if it doesn't work out, I'm ready for you guys to throw all the tomatoes at me. But his traits and what he's done to this point in his career, considering where he came from, is worth having a longer leash and seeing what this guy can develop into in year three. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL seasons are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's continue our discussion on day one of free agency. Again, anything that was done before 9 p.m. Eastern time will not be factored into this discussion. So depending on when you listen to this, a lot could change. But eventually you have to say, all right, I'm pushing pause and I have to talk about the material that I have because that's just the way it goes in the world of podcasting. So again, everything we talk about is going to tie back to the bills, whether it's a player at a position of need, something that helps us gauge contracts. It'll all be relevant to the Bills, but we'll kind of work through several different teams. I want to talk about the New York Jets first, uh, who brought in two players on day one of free agency, linebacker Gerard Davis, one year, $7 million, former first-round pick of the Detroit Lions. I didn't necessarily have the best run with Detroit, but I thought he had some good moments. I think he has a lot of good traits. I, I actually had a chance to meet Jared Davis and interview him, and I thought, you know, he was one of the most energetic and enthusiastic and intense people that I've ever spoke to. And I really liked the way he was wired. And obviously, you know, in Detroit, he was kind of drafted for Jim Caldwell's defense and was pretty out of place in Matt Patricia's defense. And I like his chances better in Robert Sala's defense with the Jets. So not a huge deal, only one year, but I think that there's a chance that a former first-round pick in Davis gets his career on track with the Jets. The Jets made another move that I really like. They signed Corey Davis, wide receiver from the Titans, three years, $37.5 million. You know, they had a big need at wide receiver. They're probably going to be taking a new quarterback at number two overall. I think they did a very smart thing going out and getting one of the top free agent wide receivers to make sure that they weren't going to – put this new quarterback into a situation, a rookie quarterback, uh, put him into a situation where he's got a bunch of rookies around him that he has to throw the football to. So I think that was really smart by Joe Douglas to secure one of those top receivers. And I thought it was a pretty reasonable deal, three years, $37.5 million, especially when you consider the New England Patriots gave Nelson Aguilar two years, 26, and Kendrick Bourne three years, 22. So I thought that was a nice job by the New York Jets. And obviously, they're relevant because they're in the division. The Baltimore Ravens, I want to talk about them a little bit because I think they are one of the teams that are perceived as one of the best in the AFC and um, you know, a team that the Bills should have their eyes on because when it comes playoff time, this is probably one of the teams that the Bills will have to deal with. So they brought in Kevin Zeitler, former guard from the New York Giants, three years, $22 million. thought that was interesting. He's a good player. Uh, he's probably a better player than John Feliciano by a fair amount. And I thought it was interesting to compare their deals where Feliciano was three years worth up to $17 million. Zeitler's three years, $22 million. I think it adds good perspective to the value in the Feliciano deal. And um, obviously the Ravens who lost Marshall Yonda to retirement, they get an answer that they need on that interior offensive line, which is really interesting because Orlando Brown, their – Really good offensive tackle, uh, came up as a right tackle, 
got switched over to left tackle this past year because Ronnie Stanley got injured. He is really saying he's a left tackle, and there's been some rumblings that he wants out of Baltimore if he can't be the left tackle. Well, they have Ronnie Stanley at left tackle, so he's probably not going to be the guy there. So it'll be interesting to see if they're able to smooth that over or if they have to trade him, which will be interesting because I don't think Brown is a guy that fits every offense. If you're talking about wide zone rushing attacks, he's a terrible fit. So it'll be interesting to see if they trade him, where he goes, and what type of valuation is put on him uh, because I think he is very much a scheme-specific player. But obviously that would create a big hole for Baltimore at right tackle if they're not able to hold on to Orlando Brown. Another note on the Ravens is they lost both of their edge rushers that were free agents. Matthew Judon is now a member of the Patriots. Yannick Ngakwe, who they traded for during the season from the Minnesota Vikings, he's now a Las Vegas Raider. So the Baltimore Ravens now have a huge hole at pass rusher. They lost their top two guys, and there's not a lot of in-house players that they should be overly excited about. They have Jalen Ferguson, uh, mid-round draft pick from a couple years ago. I think he's at least interesting, but he's not to the caliber of Judon or Ngakwe. So, you know, Baltimore, definitely a team that's in the mix to be among the elite teams in the AFC. I think they have some question marks at offensive line. They have question marks at pass rusher. And I think they need to find another wide receiver or two uh, to really get that offense back on track. Cleveland Browns, I thought they made the best signing of the day. They brought in safety John Johnson, three years, $33 million. Young player coming off his rookie deal from the Rams. I think he's definitely an above-average starter. And um, to get him for three years, $33 million, I thought was an absolute steal. And uh, they have a good safety trio now in Cleveland with Grant Delpit also in the mix and Ronnie Harrison. So they can do a lot of fun things with that trio, a lot of different uh, looks and sub packages. And, you know, you think about them having their sights set on Buffalo, on Kansas City, uh, on Baltimore as uh, a team that got to the divisional round of the playoffs, lost to the Chiefs, a pretty close game in the playoffs. You know, they're, they got to think that they're right in this thing. And I think what they're building on defense in terms of versatility on the back end will be a major, major uh, a strength of that football team. And, you know, they're pretty loaded on offense. They got a great offensive line, good running back situation, good tight ends, good receivers. You know, they, they can probably use some help on that defensive line, but I like what they have going now at safety, bringing in John Johnson. Want to mention the Denver Broncos. They signed former Bill and former Eagle and former Washington football team member Ronald Darby to a three-year, $30 million deal. It's interesting because he's obviously a former Bill, but as we consider the Bills being in the cornerback market, taking inventory of what these guys are getting paid is very helpful for us to understand you know, what the Bills are up against in terms of finding an answer opposite of Tredavious White. So Ronald Darby, three years, $30 million. Let's talk about the Tennessee Titans. This is an interesting football team. You know, they really whiffed last offseason. I thought they were primed to make a deep postseason run, and they still got to the playoffs, but they they weren't the same team from 2019. And that's because, number one, they didn't replace Dean Pease at defensive coordinator. Uh, they, they never hired a replacement, and um, I thought that showed up with how poor their defense played last year. They also whiffed when it came to finding another edge rusher opposite of Harold Landry. Uh, they tried Jadavion Clowney. They tried Vic Beasley. Those were both 
swings and misses. And then they needed a replacement for Jack Conklin at right tackle. They go out and draft Isaiah Wilson in the first round, and that was a total disaster. And now he's on the Miami Dolphins. So, you know, they really mismanaged the offseason last year. And uh, I don't think they have a lot of depth on their football team. I think going into last year, I was really comfortable with their starters, but they didn't have much depth. And as I look at their football team now, they've, they've done a good job of helping themselves at edge with bringing in Danico Autry, three years, $21.5 million. And that's a player that um, you know was rumored to be of interest to the Bills. Obviously, they didn't get him. And Bud Dupree, they signed for $16.5 million a season. So they should have their defensive end situation figured out. But Tennessee has a lot of questions. Right tackle, still a question for that team. At wide receiver, Corey Davis is a New York Jet. Adam Humphreys and Kaylee Raymond are no longer in the mix at wide receiver. It's basically just A.J. Brown back and nothing else. Jonu Smith is gone at tight end. So, I mean, their entire wide receiver tight end situation is going to look a lot different next year. And they don't have a ton of resources to really, you know, find answers. So they're going to be gambling a little bit with potentially rolling with some rookies or, you know, guys on prove-it deals. You know, they need answers on the defensive line still at nose tackle Daquan Jones. Their nose tackle, he's a free agent. They let go of Kenny Vaccaro at safety. They let go of Malcolm Butler at corner. Jayon Brown, their best linebacker, he's a free agent. So Tennessee, who's right there in the mix with the Bills uh, among the, the top teams in the AFC, you know, I, I, I think they have a lot of questions right now. Um, on that football team. And um, John Robinson's been a good general manager for them. And Mike Vrabel's been a good head coach. But they have to they have to do some things here to right some of the wrongs of the past. And I, it's going to be tough because they have limited resources to do so. Um, and so Tennessee, as they look to stay among the upper echelon teams in the AFC, they certainly have their work cut out for them. I want to mention the Kansas City Chiefs. They signed Joe Tooney, guard from the New England Patriots, five years, $80 million. Massive amount of money, five years, $80 million. I know Joe Tooney's an elite player. He's a difference maker. He's a really good fit for the Kansas City Chiefs, but that is a ton of money to pay for him. And, you know, they, they have question marks at offensive tackle. They need a center. So they solidified the guard situation with Tooney and, of course, Duvernay Tardif coming back from opting out of the 2020 season, but still massive holes at center and both tackle positions for the Kansas City Chiefs. But obviously, Tooney is a really good player, but my goodness, five years and $80 million for him is a ton. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices. 
and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet for a while now. Built Bar is that amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on every single bar. Now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness, and there is a tournament going on with all the flavors of Built Bar to figure out which one is the best. And make sure you vote. Go to BuiltBar.com or find Built Bar on Twitter to vote for your choice and find out which Built Bar will become the best-tasting protein bar. Remember, when you purchase Built Bars, you go to the website, BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKEDON20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. As I took a brief pause there after doing our ad reads, and I checked Twitter, I see that Carl Lawson, the defensive end from the Cincinnati Bengals. He has signed with the New York Jets three years, $45 million, worth up to $47 million with $30 million guaranteed. I know a lot of Bills fans were hoping for Carl Lawson, and now you know what it would have taken to get him in the mix. So the Jets, a big day for them with Jared Davis, Corey Davis, and Carl Lawson now factored into the mix. They needed that badly. They didn't have any potent pass rushers, and now they certainly do with the addition of Carl Lawson. Continuing through some other teams, again, kind of tying everything back to the Buffalo Bills, the Los Angeles Chargers, they signed two offensive linemen, and they needed it because they probably needed to replace four of their five starters on that unit. Uh, They got Corey Lindsley, center from the Green Bay Packers, an all-pro. He signed a five-year, $62.5 million deal which is fun when you consider uh, what the Bills are paying Mitch Morse. Makes you feel even better about it. And that the Miami Dolphins were in desperate need of a new center, and uh, they missed out on Lindsley, who goes to the Chargers. The Chargers also signed one of my favorite free agent offensive line targets in Matt Filer. Three years, $21 million, a guy that can play right tackle. He can also play guard, and um, that's a, a good pickup for them, and I thought he was an underrated player. Obviously, he gets a pretty uh, healthy contract there uh, to come to the Chargers just to give you an idea of what it costs to get you know, average starters with versatility. And uh, as you consider the moves that the Bills have made, I certainly hope you feel better about it. The Raiders, Yannick Ngakwe, two years, $26 million. I think it's time to have a conversation about Ngakwe, who has been in the news, it feels like, for the last two years. A lot of Bills fans wanting to bring him in. You, you heard some, you know, members of, of Bill's Twitter wanting to give him, you know, $20 million a a year or trade a high draft pick for him when he was on the market with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I think we have to acknowledge that the NFL sees Yannick Ngakwe differently than I think fans and media have perceived him. He wanted out of Jacksonville, took forever for him to get traded, finally gets sent to the Minnesota Vikings. He's there for a few games gets sent to the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens have him for, you know, the rest of the season. They let him walk and he goes to the Raiders for 2 years, 26 million. Perhaps he was a bit overrated. The Jaguars. They signed Dwayne Smoot, 2 years, 14 million dollars. I think he's an average starting defensive end in the NFL 
And um, two years, 17, so $7 million a year for him. Just, again, bringing him to the to the mix here so that you guys can see what these defensive ends are going for as you are hopeful that the Bills make a move to help their defensive ends situation. Romeo Aquara with the Detroit Lions, a potential Bills target, at least was brought up by many in Bills media when it comes to opportunities for them to get younger and better at defensive end. He signed for three years, $39 million with the Detroit Lions. I want to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. They signed uh, Samson Ekubon, two years, $12 million. I think he's an average uh, caliber defensive end. Um, just again, to give you an idea of what these guys are going for. They also signed two cornerbacks. They kept two of their own cornerbacks. Jason Verrett, one year, $5.5 million. Emmanuel Mosley, two years, $10 million. So uh, those guys went for about $5 million a season. And, um, you know, as, again, as you're thinking, Levi Wallace, uh, bringing him back or finding someone else, you're probably looking at five, $6 million a year for kind of an average player at cornerback. And the last guy I want to mention is the Rams, who signed Leonard Floyd to a four-year, $64 million deal. I thought that was outrageous. I mean, he had a good year this past year with the Rams, but former first-round pick of the Bears, I think he's kind of been an average to below average player, and they gave him a ton of cash. So as you consider you know, your, your hopes and ambitions for the Bills to get better at defensive end you know, through the free agent market, it is pricey for some of these guys, and I think it helps us gain some perspective for what the Bills can realistically get done here on the open market. I'm interested to see what happens, you know, as the week unfolds and, you know, the market becomes more defined and the second wave kind of hits. And, you know, I think that's where the bargains will be found. And I think that's where the Bills will really thrive uh, with their opportunity to potentially bring in some talent. But I'll tell you what. I really enjoy just being on Twitter, watching teams overpay for average players and know that the Bills kept Darrell Williams, Matt Milano, and John Feliciano and um, you know still have a little bit of cash to play with. Obviously a big need in my mind at cornerback. I think they need to find a return guy. Hopefully that is a player that can at least help them as well at wide receiver or running back. And I certainly would love to see you know, something brought in to help the defensive line. But uh, I don't think there's anything to panic about when it comes to the Bills so far. And we should be really happy that they were able to keep their own and that they were able to turn draft picks into, you know, impact starters and pay them in in the case of Matt Milano and Trey White and Deion Dawkins. Or they were able to sign a free agent to a bargain contract and then they showed out and they got paid, whether that's John Feliciano, Darrell Williams, Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer. So a lot of good things here as we compare what the Bills have been able to do and uh, measure that against the rest of the NFL. You should feel real good about Brandon Bean and his team calling the shots for this football team. That's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. Like I said on Monday, I am not marrying myself to anything this week. There's going to be so much news that comes our way that I may want to do something like this again tomorrow uh, based on what goes down and if it's relevant to help us further our understanding of teams in the AFC or contracts at positions that the Bills could be in play for. We could do herd mentality. We could do a little bit of both. Um, We just got to stay open-minded this week with uh, the amount of NFL news that is heading our way. 
and uh, us wanting to kind of talk a lot about roster construction on this podcast. So uh, not sure what we're going to talk about tomorrow, but it will be about the Buffalo Bills. So I hope you'll come back. I hope you'll hit that subscribe button, rate, review, and share the podcast. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.